Thanks for listening to Draw Near with Fred and Kara. Uh, sorry it's been a few weeks since the last episode. We try to get something out to the listeners every other Wednesday, but summer is actually our busiest time of year, and so life just happens. So if there's not an episode, um, you know, don't think we're not coming back. Uh, life just got a little bit too crazy. But in our last episode, Most Humble, where I talk about St. Joseph, I start by saying that Fred and I really wanted to do an episode where, you know, we take questions from the listeners and we answer them, um, whether it's questions about the faith or questions about us. So today's episode is going to be just that. So we have our friend John Paul here, and he's going to kind of act as our inquisitor and ask Fred and I questions, and then we'll answer them. So John Paul, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Absolutely. Hi, everyone. Um, my name is John Paul Keen, as they just said. Um, I'm working with Fred and Kara over the summer um, with um, something called Project Timothy, but um, I'm happy to be here today and to just ask you some questions and for the listeners to kind of get to know you guys a little bit better. And John Paul, you've listened to every episode of Draw Near, I believe. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, I'm arguably like your number one fan. So. Oh, awesome. <laughs> All right. So you are the voice of the people and asking us these questions. That's yes. awesome. Yes. I um, To also give a little bit of background, I um, I did something called Totus Tuus with them a couple years ago. So they were kind of my bosses uh, during that time. And then uh, after that time, uh, we just, I mean, I got to know them over that summer too. And, and afterwards we kind of, uh, kind of became close yeah. friends, I'd like to say. Yeah. yeah. It just kind of yeah. continued into friendship. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're really happy to have you here. Um, and I'm going to kind of step out of like the host role. And I think Fred is too, out of the co-host <laughs> role. And we're just going to turn it over to John Paul. So you yeah. get a host today we and you get to ask your, questions. Be gentle, be nice to us, be yes. kind. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yes. So take it away. <laughs> okay. Um, so uh, as a listener of a podcast, it's, sometimes it can, be, um, it can be nice just to know a little bit of the history, context, background of behind the people that they're listening to. So can you just give some of the listeners uh, some of that history background of where you are? Yeah. Yeah. So some of the listeners that have listened to the Why, Why Are You Catholic episode, if you, if you haven't, you need to. It's in the show notes. <laughs> Check it out. Um, I'm, I'm a convert to the Catholic faith. I often speak of my own journey with the Lord as a tale of two conversions in some ways. Um, you know, before Christ, um, after Christ, and then after I discovered the church, you know. And so I was very active after having that radical conversion experience coming out of a life of, you know, uh, partying and, you know, all those sorts of things that go along with that and hearing the gospel for the first time and recognizing, God, I want that. You know, that's what I've been searching for, you know, and Mm -hmm. um, ended up believing the Lord would call me to be a pastor and, you know, went to school for that, served my churches in various ways, uh, leaning toward that in that regard. But then, you know, um, graduation, week of graduation, you know, I'm reading Rome Sweet Home during my final exams <laughs> and just, just bawling my eyes out, um, realizing that um, I think I have to become Catholic and not, know, not knowing what that means. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I remember, like, thinking I had two small, very small kids at the time, mm-hmm. and I remember thinking, Lord, you called me to be a pastor there's a disconnect here. I, I can't do that as a married man with kids. And when I finally let that go, uh, it was really my wife said, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. When I finally let that go, um, that's kind of when I 
I couldn't help but become Catholic at that point. And mm. it was just amazing just to watch all the incredible things uh, that God worked in our lives. I remember, you know, I, I had made a appointment to visit Steubenville, and I, I had an application for a Protestant church, uh, more of a formality, in my in my bag when we went. And I visited Franciscan University of Steubenville there. And, you know, I'm, I'm worried about oh, if I become Catholic, I'm going to commit career suicide. You know, I have a family to support. And, you know, and I just remember having that choice that I had to make where I didn't believe this one way anymore. I believe this other way, but Lord, you're going to have to provide for us. And by the end of that day, not only had the Lord provided me scholarships, but he had also provided a place for me to live and our family before I had even applied to the university. So mm. it was just pretty incredible just to see, like, when you say yes to the Lord, uh, it doesn't mean it's always going to be easy, um, but uh, where God guides, he does provide. And, and some, sometimes you just you need to open your heart to that grace and allow it to work in your life. So that's a very long answer <laughs> to your question. And I don't even no, actually beautiful. know if I answered your yeah, question. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. before you worked in ministry in the Catholic Church, didn't you do like tech and TV ministry? Yes, and well, then you did. that was actually when I worked, when I was in the Protestant yeah. Church, I worked in Protestant TV ministry. So. Wow. What, what did you do? Did you do you uh, did you work behind the camera kind of a thing? I, I was a cameraman and uh, basically a, a gopher, you know, but mostly a cameraman. <laughs> That's great. Uh, Kara, what's what is your current position and, and what's kind of the what's the story behind that? How did you, how did you get here? I was a youth minister for a parish. Okay. And it was only a part-time position and the priest who I worked for came into my office and and he knew that this position was open and he was basically like I know that something that's part-time isn't going to be lo- like viable for you long-term. Mm. I think you should look at this position. And that was really helpful for me to have somebody who is so encouraging and supportive mm. that I can put down my current boss as a recommendation for a job that I'm applying for because yeah. he just wanted something that was going to be like really good for me. And so he came in and, and showed me that this job was open. I don't really know how I got it. Maybe Fred can be the one to answer <laughs> that because I I was um, I majored in um, business and communications in undergraduate, and I was interviewing for secular positions and church positions at the same time. And I thought that this job was like my worst interview, so <laughs> I don't know how I got it. Yeah. <laughs> so um, Kara actually has a great video. It's on uh, Blaze Ministries. YouTube channel okay. on her experience of coming to work uh, for the church and coming to work in ministry. Kara, do you want to share like a minute? Yeah, I can share that? a little bit of, bit of it. Um, basically, like I said, I majored in business and I majored in communications. And so I wasn't coming into ministry with some big theology degree or even a ton of knowledge about the faith, if I'm being completely yeah. honest. Yeah. And so when I got hired, it was like me coming in just not really knowing what to expect, but also not thinking I was good enough for it. Mm. And once I got into ministry, it was like, you know, all of these people were asking for tips and I was like asked mm. to go out and give talks. And it was just like, I felt like a huge weight was just on my shoulders. Like I'm responsible for the salvation of all of these people and I don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of just a, a humbling experience, first of all, but also just an opportunity to really grow in my relationship with the Lord, but also like, asking people to help me and teach me things. And I think Fred being a huge person who did that was like really just kind of took me under and like helped me understand ministry. Um, so I, I mean, it was it was kind of hard coming into ministry. I knew 
in college that I wanted to do something for the church. I just had no idea how I was going to get there with what I studied, mm. if that makes mm. sense. Yeah. And jump all that comes out a lot. And you might remember the episode we did also now in the show notes for people you need in your life. <laughs> that a lot of that, that episode is talking about those experiences really that we both mm-hmm. have had in ministry. Um, because regardless, whatever field you work in, but I think especially in terms of the faith um, of uh, just as everyday Catholics learning and growing in our faith, trying to walk with the Lord, we all need somebody to help us in our journey, whether it's someone further along kind of mentoring us or whether it's someone by our side. We all need those kind of relationships, and that's the kind of, that's the kind of idea. And so there's this phrase I love. I don't know where it comes from, but be who you needed when you were younger. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. kind of the idea there. I think that's a good motto. Yeah. I think God also ta- just taught me a lot in, like, you feel like you have the weight of of making everyone come to know me and you feel like you have the weight of their salvation but it was really god was like stop trying to be their savior they already have one of those (laughs) and it's me and so that was actually really freeing in ministry because i think so often i don't know how many of our listeners work in ministry but i think so often it that is a tendency we're like this is the only time they're going to get this i have to do this well you know what i mean so it was really freeing for god to be like I have this. Let me have it, you know? Yeah. Um, another question. Uh, so, again, for the listeners, this is kind of uh, just a Q&A. So just uh, there's some kind of more serious questions, but then there's some free-for-all kind of uh, fun just to get to know them questions, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Are so, you suggesting chit-chat and banter questions? Uh, <laughs> yes, doing yes, doing chit-chat and banter. Let's do the chit-chat. <laughs> yes. The long-running yes. joke returns. <laughs> okay. Um, so another one, what are some of your favorite TV shows uh, or movies, uh, regardless if they're religious or not? Well, this is going to sound unbelievable to the listeners. It's going to almost sound comical probably <laughs> because it's pretty much the same list. But yeah. I'll let Kara go first. We se- No, we seriously have the same favorite movie and the same favorite TV show. Well, really? one of the same favorite TV shows. Mm. And they're not re- neither of them are religious. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you threw that little point in there. No, um, favorite movie. I didn't know this when I first... Mm met you i'm pretty sure it was crystal who was like oh yeah that's my favorite movie that's fred's favorite movie and i was like no way that's my favorite movie um so we really like princess bride princess bride yeah that's a favorite movie there's only princess bride and there's really nothing that comes that close in my opinion (laughs) what why 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 princess bride it's i I just love that movie it's so quoted we quote that movie constantly at my house first of all there's so what many. What part, as you wish, or what uh, part? Every, every part. It's all quotable, and it's yeah. all good. Yeah. Um, but, like, if you watch it now, we're going we're gonna to hype it up and amp it up, and then you're going to go on and see, like, these huge rats <laughs> and be like, those are so robotic. That's yeah. terrible. Like, but that's the goodness of it in some yeah. ways. Yeah. It's an old movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's an older movie. I just, yeah. I just really like the movie. Mm. I don't even know what to pinpoint, but it's a good one. Even the grandpa. When I was your age, television was called books. <laughs> I mean... From the very beginning, just right out of the gate. Yeah. It's, yeah, awesome. How yeah, about TV show? What's your favorite? Well, The Office. Hands down, The Hands Office. Both of you. Office. Yes. Yeah, both really? Of yes, both Why? of us. Like yeah. on, I, it's definitely not a religious show. <laughs> it's just so good. It's so funny and quotable. I think on Boss's Day, I got mm. you a mug that says World's yep, Greatest I Boss. Have. And, like that, and, that, and that's the best part, John Paul, is to have a coffee cup that says world's best boss. Do you have and one? I didn't have to buy it. Yeah, that your employee actually bought you. <laughs> I didn't have you to didn't buy, buy it myself. Yeah. That's great. So I, I already have that one up on Michael Scott. That's great. But, yeah. 
BJ got me, uh, my husband BJ, he got me for, I forget what it was, maybe Valentine's Day or something. He got me a coffee mug that it just has like an outline of Dwight. And then it says, Bears beats Battlestar Galactica. That's all it says on the mug. That's great. So yeah, definitely The Office. You like Seinfeld too. Yeah, I do. Seinfeld is another one of my favorite shows. And that is something actually that my wife and I around our house we kind of quote pretty often and you know a lot a lot of the just those kind of conversations we have a lot yeah. and the kind of running jokes that run through everything and um i mean george costanza's wallet is my wallet always <laughs> you know so um and anyone that's seen that you're welcome for that reference is there anything within those within those two shows that you can point out that like okay of course there's those those more worldly things those more like more societal things that are in those shows but um, there's also a lot of goodness in it, or else people wouldn't be watching it. Yeah. Like, what what are yeah. the good? Mm-hmm. What's the good? What are some like good, true, beautiful things that are within it that really speaks to something? One of the things in the office that I really like, and this is going to be probably just everyone's typical answer, likes the office, but it's Jim and Pam and their relationship. Mm. I think that always draws me in because one, it's just so like pure and innocent at the beginning. It's so beautiful. Like they just start as friends, and then that friendship grows into affection. And I like how even towards the end of the season, which the last season is, I'm not the biggest fan when mm-hmm. when Michael leaves, but um, when Steve Carell leaves. But even the last season is like they start having marital problems, and mm-hmm. they they don't just call it quits. They like go and work on it, and they fall back in love with one another. That's great. And I love that. I think it's mm-hmm. such a good example of marriage and and relationships. Yeah, even with Dwight and Angela, I mean. Like a lot of the <laughs> inappropriate things throughout the whole series are their relationship, obviously. But in the end, ultimately, they end up making things right, mm. you know. And I, and I, I think there's even some beauty in that. Mm-hmm. Seinfeld, I think I'd have to look a little harder. <laughs> you know, in the 80s and 90s, every sitcom ended with a moral that you learn at the end. Anyone that's seen Full House or Family mm-hmm. Matters or any of those mm. shows knows that. Seinfeld is kind of the opposite. I mean, some of the things they do are just downright awful. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you if you knew these people... In real life, you'd say, man, these are some awful people. So the season finale, <laughs> they end up in jail in a way. That's kind of fitting, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. In some ways, you do have to approach everyday life and just try to find the mm-hmm. humor in it. Yeah. I think that's why I like it, too, is, like, we just sometimes need comedic relief. So yeah. mm-hmm. I like being able to just sit down and, like, laugh. It's great. Right. Um, one thing I like about The Office, too, is, like, you have Michael's character – and Michael is probably my favorite character. And I don't know if a lot of Office fans will, will say that because I feel like you got to, like, pick a different yeah. character because Michael's so obvious. But, like, he's he's my favorite character. And I think it's because, like, you see people get annoyed with right. him. He makes weird weird comments and they're kind of frustrated. And But then when he's leaving, sorry for anyone who hasn't seen it, but when, when he's leaving and they all stand up and sing a, a revised song from Rent, that actually was not planned. That was not in the script. And so they were actually singing that to Steve Carell as he was leaving. And so, but I, I still think it's fitting with his character. Like they're annoyed with him, but they love him. Mm-hmm. And you see that like Pam, you know, she was his secretary for years and she just got always, always got frustrated with him. But when he was leaving, she ran to the airport and was like hugging him and, you know, going to miss him. And so I really like that dynamic too, just that he's like the weird guy. But everyone loves him. Kind of like they loved him and his flaws. Like they saw yes, they saw him yes. for who he is, uh, and he was humble enough to be himself around them. But also, yeah. Like, but they loved him in that. They're super socially mm. unaware that he was <laughs> the weird guy. <laughs> but that that kind of sounds like everyday life. I mean, there's so many people in our lives that drive us crazy, and yet 
We love them. Mm-hmm. You know? um, going back to your question, though, I think the harder question is second favorite movie. Yeah. I don't think I have one. Second favorite movie. I could give you give you a list of maybe 200 movies. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I can give you genres that I like. I yeah. don't think I have a second favorite movie. What's your favorite movie, John Paul? We're going to flip the tables My back. My favorite movie? My favorite movie? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I think... Um, I'd say the obviously the Passion of the Christ. That's a classic. Obviously, like a lot of people, mm-hmm. a lot of Catholics say that. I think, but you went the religious yeah, route. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but okay, one another one that I really like uh, is uh, uh, Catch Me If You Can with Leonardo DiCaprio and Tom. Yeah, Hanks. that's a good one. Have you seen that one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. I love Leo. He's like one of my favorite actors. Leo is definitely Leo and Tom Hanks. They're yeah. like top. I mean, if they're if they're in a movie together, like that's you know yeah, it makes it stuff. even better. You know, uh, based off of this. Uh, kind of the trend of the office that we see. Um, do you guys think there's like a new wave or like a new kind of Catholic trend about talking about St. Joseph? You know, we have the year of St. Joseph proclaimed by uh, Pope Francis, and uh, there's mm-hmm. just a lot of new things coming out about St. Joseph. Um, why is he seemingly like just now kind of coming to the forefront or being emphasized, or is he, do you think? I think he definitely is. Um, and yeah, that was our latest episode. I would say, um, yeah, he's just coming to the forefront, but I think it's the right time for him to be coming to the forefront. You know, there's, is it a scripture saying or is it like a quote saying that you were made for such a time as this? Yeah, it comes from Esther. Mm. Okay, yeah, it comes from Esther. You were made for such a time as this. I kind of am looking at like St. Joseph in the same way. Like we are made to talk about him for such a time as this because we are living in a time that needs St. Joseph so badly. We need an example of, you know, a holy fatherhood, a protector of the family, and so many of his other titles. And so I think he, in his humility, has been willing for so long to kind of be in the background to the Blessed Mother and to to, to Jesus. I mean, that's the point of the Blessed Mother and Joseph is to point to Jesus. But in his humility, he's kind of been okay with being, um, you know, set aside to build up Jesus and to build up the Blessed Mother, but now is the time for St. Joseph, especially in the world that we're living in. Yeah, that's great. Um, on St. Joseph, uh, why is family life important, and why should it be um, something to focus on within our within our world? Uh, I think in our times we're, we're seeing a lot of negative things happening with the family, you know, and St. Joseph as protector of the church, protector of the Holy Family, of course we're going to follow his example um you know we just had marriage prep this past weekend and i was telling the story about how it's important to instill the faith in your kids and the example i gave i I think it's okay for me to share Uh, we had a miscarriage about a year and a half ago and i remember the thing that helped our family get helped my wife and i get through that was our kids faith the faith that we instilled in them you know when we shared the news with them and and, and, you know, after we had that moment of coming together as a family and grief together, immediately the kids went out and started drawing pictures of Miriam in heaven, you know, their sister in heaven, and, and what it would be like going to meet her in heaven. And it was just to see their shift from grief to immediate hope and faith, that did so much to heal our hearts and to bring healing in that moment. And you know, shortly after that, I had a moment where I was kind of alone with the Lord, and there was never in that, because of that witness of my own kids, there wasn't uh, any anger or frustration with God. It was a, yes, Lord, I'll follow. Yes, Lord, you know, this is our cross to bear for now. 
But to be honest with you, like when I look back on it, I think, you know, that has done more to bring our family together. And I've seen more good come from that than perhaps anything, any experience we've shared as a family. You know, a month later is when all the COVID lockdowns started. So it was, it was even more wild to go from that experience to a month later, we're not busy doing this thing and that thing. We're just in our home together, you know, and our home just, it, during that time, it, it kind of felt like that, that safe haven, <laughs> you know, and where we just really grew all the more. And I think it's little things like that is why it's so important, I think, to grow in faith together as a family. It's things like that that I really find value in. Both of those experiences, I think, really drew us closer together as a family. What's some advice for, for those that either have families or are thinking about having a family in the future? Like, how, how can we get to a spot where, where it's like kind of what, Fred, you, like what you were talking about, where like your home is a safe haven. A lot of people don't, a lot of people don't have that experience um, necessarily in their past. I would say the biggest thing is being a house of prayer. I mean, that's what we're called to, do, to be. What is it? And when he comes in and flips the table in the temple and said, you are called to be a house of prayer. And I think that's true for everybody. Because mm-hmm. when we can come home and even in the midst of, you know, maybe an argument between spouses, maybe, you know, your, your kids are fighting or they're throwing tantrums all the time. If you can return to a place where you can pray together, uh, I would say that that's what, at least in our home, has made it just, that's our, that's our haven. Because mm-hmm. Even if we've had a really bad day, it's like when we go to sleep and we're, or when we put our kids to sleep, it's like, okay, let's pray. And just hearing them, well, I should say my daughter because my son can't, can't speak yet, but mm-hmm. just hearing her like, what do you want to pray for, Clara? And her recap the day, where in my mind I'm like, man, today was rough. But her just mm-hmm. like, you know, she had fun and she got to see these people. And I think that kind of helps put, put things in perspective for me. So I would say being a house of prayer um, – would help the home to be a safe haven, but also um, making sure that you're putting in your time and energy into your family. Mm. Because going back to your initial question, you know, why do we need St. Joseph or why is the family important in a time like this and how can we look to St. Joseph? I truly believe things that have come about more in the last century, like the phone, having a computer in your hand, and you know so much television and streaming and video games. I truly think that they are they are ruining families, <laughs> or they are diminishing the role of, of fatherhood. And what, I might be wrong way? in this. And what what like what way? What do you think? Well, and maybe not every family is this way, but I have sure, just sure seen, just generally. Yeah, just generally, I have just seen it like rather than spending quality time and I do mean quality you know you're you're in in one another's presence whether you're you know playing a board game or you're having a conversation or you're sitting on the floor with your baby whatever it is it's quality time rather than than doing that you have your phone in your hand and you're mm. you know you're looking at something and I'm guilty of it I'm not going to sit here and, and yes. you know persecute somebody else for <laughs> something that I struggle with too right um, but I do think that you know looking at the example of Saint Joseph he spent so much time leading his family and teaching Jesus this trade to be a carpenter, but not just uh, the trade, but also to be a man living in in the world, to be mm-hmm. God taking on flesh and what that looks like and how to treat women. And we see that throughout scripture. So I just think, you know, to come home and have parents who intentionally want to spend time with their children, that makes it such a happy home. Mm-hmm. This is exactly why Pope Francis says, waste time with your kids. Mm-hmm. The reality is no one at the end of their life 
will say, I wish I wouldn't have spent so much time with my kids. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I think we see that, again, going back to the example of St. Joseph, he was a big part of that Jesus growing in wisdom and stature that we read about in Scripture. Um, you know, you asked about how do we have that peace in the home. I think peace in the home begins with peace in the heart. And by peace in the heart and peace in the home, I mean peace with God. You have to prioritize your interior life, your own. You're called to be holy, all of us. We're, we're called for deep, personal, intimate relationship with Christ. So before you can have, you know, a, a, a really, that, that family life that you're speaking of, John Paul, I think we have to prioritize our relationship with Christ. Something that I've heard before is um, let the mar- let your the marriage of the husband and wife be the center of the family. Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys agree with that statement? I would say yes, but I would add something because Fulton Sheen says it takes three to get married. Mm. The husband, the wife, and God. Right. So the marriage right. can be the center of the family if there's God there. It yes. should be the center of the family, but God should be at the center of the marriage. Mm-hmm. Ecclesiastes 4.12, we actually had this scripture read at um, our wedding, actually. And it talks about how two people can walk together and be separated, mm. but th- a threefold cord can never be broken. And what are they talking about? If anyone that's ever braided hair or made rope knows that two strands is going to come apart easy, but three, well, that's going to hold together. And Christ is that third strand that make it strong. So that's mm-hmm. why Christ has to be the center, Christ at the center. That's great. Talking about St. Joseph um, as well, but uh, he's one of just one of the saints. He's one of the greatest saints. Uh, what are some of your guys' uh, favorite saints other than St. Joseph or or, uh, or Mary? What? You can't yeah, have like, Mary like, like as your favorite saint? <laughs> well, like you like what you were talking about with, with Michael Scott. Yeah. You know, St. Saint Michael Scott's kind of a, well, it's kind of a cop-out. He's kind of like the main Mary's character Mary's no cop-out. <laughs> no, it's not. But, uh, well, um, you, could say, you could say Mary or St. Joseph. I, I, would, I don't no, know. No, that's but, okay. Um, yeah. yeah, definitely the Blessed Mother for sure. But I would say um, one, well, two for both Fred and I would be St. Francis and St. Clair. Mm. They've kind of become mm. like patrons mm-hmm. um, for our friendship, but also for our, our ministry and how we work together. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are definitely two. I'm, I, I'm wearing a St. Saint, Saint Clair medal right now, and it's kind of funny because in the Why, Why Are You Catholic episode, I talked a little bit about my initial conversion and adoration and how, you know, Jesus... Um, it threw, like the light hit the Eucharist just right, and I saw Jesus kind of on the wall. And I had never made this connection. And Fred goes, he in the middle of recording, he goes, oh, and then we kind of didn't add that to the episode. Yeah, this was an outtake. This was an outtake. <laughs> we didn't add this to the episode. But he goes, I just realized that that happened to St. Clair because she's a patron saint of television. And that happened to her, too. She was too sick to go to, I think it was like Christmas Mass. And she saw mass on the wall of her room, mm-hmm. like like in a vision. Mm-hmm. So that's why she's the patron, patroness of television. And so Fred just goes, as I was kind of telling that story for the mm-hmm. episode, he just kind of goes, oh. and I was like, what? And we, yeah. we cut it out. <laughs> but it was it was this connection I had never made before. Mm-hmm. But um, St. Clair is definitely kind of my patron, and then St. Francis is Fred's patron. Yeah, definitely. Um, for, for many reasons, uh, St. Francis has had a significant impact in my life. I would love to dive more into that deeper uh, that we'll probably save that for a future episode. That'd be a good one. Mm. Do you guys know your kids or, or uh, your spouse's favorite saints? Or do you talk about that with your family? Do you have a, do you have a saint that, um, that you talk about within the family? Yeah. Um, in our house, Padre Pio is very popular. Um, yeah. Everybody loves Padre Pio. In fact, my oldest son, uh, he had one of those old lighthouse Catholic CDs of the life of Padre Pio. 
And when he used to have a CD player in his room, because who has a CD player anymore? Um, <laughs> you know, he used to listen to that every single night, and he'd just tell us all about it. He loves Padre Pio, so he's a favorite in our house. Um, Elizabeth Ann Seton was my wife's confirmation saint when we came into the church mm. as a homeschooling mom with a big family. Mm-hmm. That makes sense, yeah. you know. Um, St. Francis is also, again, all my kids love St. <laughs> Francis. Um, St. Patrick. I mean, it's a long list, to be yeah. honest with you. Yeah. Um, I would say just the Holy Family in general has been kind of our mm. patrons of our of our home. Um, BJ's uh, confirmation saint was St. Pancreas because he has type 1 mm. diabetes. And so um, he, he, you know, prays to him for his illness. And then both of my kids, they're named after saints. So my daughter's actually named after St. Clair. Her name's Clara. Mm. Um, and then my son's named after St. Gerard. So those are kind of who we pray to for them when we're mm-hmm. praying with them. And, and my kids are begging for a sibling <laughs> because, and this is a direct quote, they want another person to love. Wow. And because they have a best friend named Clara, we have to have a Francis. Yeah. <laughs> so. I think that would be so cool because like, those are kind of like our, our patrons of mm-hmm. our friendship. Yep. So to have like a Clara on of my kids and like a Francis of your kids. I think that'd be cool. Yeah. Um, and they're convinced that it'll for sure be a boy because we have this pattern here. So Yeah, yeah. <laughs> have you guys either, have either of you taken any like personality tests uh, or do you have a preference of like what personality, I know there's like the, there's the Myers-Briggs, yeah, like Myers-Briggs there's the yeah. temperament tests and stuff like that. Do you, uh, do you guys know your personality types? You know, uh, I know the Myers-Briggs one. And this is going to be kind of funny, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this one's going to be kind of funny, too, like the shows and the movies. Mm. Fred and I actually have the exact same personality type. Really? Yeah. Oh um, so we're both INFJs. Mm-hmm. Um, I The only one I know is that what the I means, and that means introvert. I don't know what any of the other ones mean, but when I got that, I just, like, looked at other people who had that personality tra- mm-hmm. trait, and mm-hmm. it was uh, Mother Teresa. I'm just like, I have the same personality <laughs> as Mother <Yeah>. Teresa. <laughs> That's always the best. They show you, like, the... They show yeah. you the celebrities or whatever, the, pe- the famous people yeah. that have had yeah. those same thing. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's funny. But, when you, but that makes you guys feel good. Yeah. yeah. It's, well, it's funny when you read, like, the describers, how different people describe it. And, you know, INFJs tend to be very idealistic, which is certainly the case. You know, I've seen some people refer to it as the compassionate weirdo. Uh, <laughs> That's know, true. That's that, true. That is definitely true. Um, an extroverted introvert, I've heard yeah. it, and that that's also true. So it's like, you know, a lot of people would argue with me about whether I'm an introvert or extrovert. And trust me, when I need my introvert time, I need it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that it, it's, yeah, almost to a T, INFJ. And, you know, adding to that, it's funny because our spouses make fun of us for the same bad habits. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of funny, too. Yeah. Um, I would say and the two things that I, that stand out to me with that personality type that I definitely relate to and I think probably hold true for Fred, too. Mm-hmm would be um, that when we speak to people, we like it to like be meaningful conversation. Right. I'm not much for small talk, and that's kind of where the inside joke of, like, let's do chit-chat and banter <laughs> comes uh, from. Right. Because we kind of tend to, especially with Johnny, we just tend to, like, jump right in. Like, Fred will come mm. into my office and sit down and, and just, like, start in this, like, big theological discussion and, mm. and <laughs> no intro, just like, what right. do you think about this moral <laughs> issue? You know, and I'm like, okay, let's talk about this. Right. Um, so I, I actually really enjoy those things, and... I have a friend who was listening to the podcast, and he also does a podcast. And he was like, um, I really like you guys' podcast. It's definitely a different style because you just jump right in and talk. And then I was like, oh, Fred's here too. Because I don't like, we don't <laughs> right. sit there and do yeah. chit chat and be a yeah. 
So, yeah. um, but I think that's very telling of both of our personality types. Mm-hmm. We just kind of like to, to have those meaningful conversations. Um, and then the other thing that is um, kind of indicative of an INFJ is that when we do something, we like for it to be for a purpose. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think that comes into working for the church. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's yeah. accomplishing a purpose and there's meaning behind going into work every day. And that's definitely something, and I can see that, you know, with Mother Teresa, and that was, if that was her personality type. It's definitely something I think INFJs can relate to, that we want to do something that's meaningful. Mm-hmm. We want to change the world. Yeah. Um, idealistic. Yeah, idealistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It also can mean you can burn yourself out easily Yeah. if you're not careful. And that goes back to your family life uh, question, in a way. Yes. Like, um, in a lot of ways, my wife helps me to not go too far in terms of the work, helps keep me in balance. Mm-hmm. And um, I think even in, in Kara and I, our work together, we also kind of check each other. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I know you're going to do this anyway, but, yeah. you know, maybe maybe don't work tonight. Well, <laughs> you know, there was one time, too, where, like, we had just had, you know, a really busy season of ministry, and we wanted to do this additional thing, and we both were like, let's leave it up to our spouses, and we mm. presented both to them, and they're <laughs> like, no, you're yeah. going to stay home, yeah. and we're like, okay, yeah. fair yeah. enough. Yeah, and so sometimes you have to do that as well. Mm-hmm. There's a balance. What do you there. guys, what do you guys like to do kind of in your free time or as, like, kind of like hobbies or pastimes to help you with that uh, so that you don't get burned out? I think within a lot of my free time is family time. I mean, I know you're going to say the same thing too, Fred, Mm -hmm. I'm sure. But um, a lot of things that my family like to do together would be we go on walks. We live right near a park. So we go on a lot of walks together or bike rides Mm -hmm. together. Um, What's your favorite places to walk? We usually just walk like up our street and over to the park. So that's usually where we go. But sometimes if my sister who lives in town, sometimes she'll come over and like BJ and I will get to go on a bike ride or something together. And I like doing that. Um, But this is going to sound super cheesy. But my favorite thing to do as a family, we have dance parties in our living room. (laughs) So BJ will just put on the Bluetooth speaker in our living room and like everyone just comes in and we just dance. I love it. (laughs) And so it's so funny because, I mean, you'll see if you ever, if you were ever to meet, well, you've met, you've met Gerard, but if you were, mm-hmm. like, ever any, anyone was ever around my son or Clara, if there's music on, they just start dancing. <laughs> they just know to start dancing. Or, like, if a show tune comes on in the middle of a commercial or something, they'll, like, just dance in the middle for those 15 seconds. So mm-hmm. that's one of my favorite things. Yeah. For my part, like, while it's true, I think in, in marriage you do need some of those moments. And some people will need this more than others, like some quiet time by yourself. You're, you will have those moments. Mm. Um, but at the same time, I had a, a pastor that kind of mentored me very early on, and he, he just told the story about how golf became, like, he would spend mm-hmm. every Saturday golfing. So he was working, you know, long hours Monday through Friday, golfing all day Saturday, and then there were three or four services on Sunday. So uh, he wasn't getting um, much time with his family, and uh, one day he, he was praying with Scripture, and he just... he got up and threw his golf clubs away and you know 20 Mm. years later he hadn't played since and he said I just determined right there and then I'm going to make my kids my hobby Mm -hmm. and uh, what he meant by that was he's going to find whatever those kids are interested in they can share interests together and, and pursue those things together and I just I saw the fruit of that in his life and in his kids life as they grew up and so I, I've kind of taken that same approach, you know. Um, so for us, 
you know, Legos and board games are kind of the family hobbies, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, it, it's, it's, it's relaxing. And, you know, sometimes I sound like a big geek because I can talk about board games just as much as I can theology. <laughs> uh, Kara's laughing at me because she knows it's true. It's true yeah. um, but there's just something special about looking across the table, looking into someone, someone's eyes that you really care about and enjoying that experience together. And, and I think board games these days lend themselves to mm. that kind of like growing together, interacting together, especially cooperative games. So that's part of why we enjoy it so much. Uh, my wife loves gardening with the kids. Uh, so that's been fun. That's been the new, that's new awesome. thing we've been doing this summer. That's great. Mm. I think all of those are beautiful because with all those hobbies, you're, you're with your family, you're spending yeah. time with your family and you're actually, you're actually getting rest. Right. Right. Okay. Here's, here's, Probably one last one. Um, how do you deepen your relationship with God when you've already kind of have an existing relationship with him, uh, but you're not quite sure uh, how to move forward or like where to go with, with your relationship with him? That's a good question. I think the first thing I would say would be intentionality because the second we stop trying to grow closer to God, we're going to become stagnant. And, you know, I mean, that that even goes like if you have a relationship with somebody or, you know, you're married, the second you stop pursuing them or wooing them, like it's going to mm. harm your relationship. Oh. And so I think if we if we stop taking interest in God, I mean, it hurts him and it's going to hurt us even more. And so first I would say intentionality. Like I, I know this and I, I'm, I'm saying this coming from a place where like this was me. It still is me. I think we, we need to constantly be pursuing greater holiness but, I mean, I had my conversion over 10 years ago, mm-hmm. and I'm still, like, I'm going through the book Conversations with Christ, and part of my mind's like, oh, I do that. Yeah, I do that. And then they'll be like, for beginners, do this, and for, you know, intermediate, do this. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm like, oh, I can probably do intermediate. And then I start it. I'm like, oh, nope, I'm a beginner. I need to scoot back. <laughs> so, you know, there, there's always, like, humbling moments in your relationship with God and your growth. Yeah. But I think one thing I have found is, the more consistent I am, the more I can grow. So when I actually am sitting down and like, let's say just as a hypothetical example, doing mental prayer, I notice that my mental prayer improves. But if I stop doing mental prayer for a time period, I do have to go back to the beginner level and start over and refocus and relearn. So I think intentionality and consistency is how you is how you grow in your relationship with the Lord. Going off of what you said, Kara, really quick, what what's the importance of treating your relationship with God just like just like a human relationship that you have with someone that you love like what mm-hmm. wh- what's the importance of going back to that analogy like okay it's not I'm not just going through the motions <laughs> I'm right. not just going to mass I have my own like little prayer life over here it's like no I'm it's this is a this is an actual relationship just like a just yeah. like a normal human well I mean God took on flesh so he was a person so it is a very personal relationship and and I think there's a huge connection to how we interact with people in our everyday life and how we, you know, have friendships with people and how we love people in our lives, whether that's our our spouse or our friends, because the height of virtue is charity. And that's lived out in how we love the people around us, but we can't love the people around us if we don't first love God. And so I, I think there's a huge connection because we want to have that personal relationship with God. He He is very personal with us, and so um, your faith is is incarnate. It should be living. Fred, do you have anything to add to what 
Kara just said. Yeah, uh, John Paul, I think it's important to also realize that Kara's kind of already said this, but never stop pursuing God. Just like in marriage, you would never, you should never stop pursuing your spouse. That's regardless of you whether you feel like it or not, because ultimately, growing deeper in the life with Christ and relationship with Him, in some ways, similar to marriage, there might you might actually find less consolation the deeper you go. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like early, like Kara mentioned, being a beginner, early in our walk with Christ, there are going to be more consolations and spiritual candy, if you will. Mm because it compels us to keep going. But the deeper we go, the more it becomes more about our own will and turning our hearts toward him. Is that also related to like to like marriage in that way too? Like you like a lot of the time with people with uh, within a dating relationship, okay, you get you have this kind of this typical honeymoon phase and you just you have there's a lot of this like consolation from the other and it's going mm-hmm. and things are going great and and, and then it kind of there's eventually with 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 another there's going to be there's going to be dry moments and you have to yeah. well and that goes hmm. to you know spiritual consolation and desolation the the different um the different areas of our spiritual life like there there are going to be moments where there's not consolation but that doesn't mean that God isn't present and that doesn't mean that we don't need to make an act of the will to continue to worship him mm-hmm. and to continue to pursue mm-hmm. him and i think there's actually kind of irony well maybe not irony um, maybe divine providence, and that we are married to Christ. He mm. is the bridegroom and the church is the bride. Christ is a, the bridegroom and we are the bride. And so we are married to Christ. He has come down to be you know, in a personal relationship with us. And so I think if we honestly look at our relationship with God in that way, like I, I can't continue a friendship with somebody. It's very hard to continue to grow closer to somebody in a friendship if I never talk to them or if I never see them. And so it's the same way with God. I can't grow closer to God. I can't know more about him if I'm not talking to him, if I'm not mm-hmm. intentionally like trying to learn more about him and we learn more about him in you know scripture and tradition, with what the church teaches. And so it goes back to intentionality. We have to talk to him and we have to try and learn about him. Um, and he's going to work in that. Like I even, I even find I know his voice better when he's trying to tell me something because I know scripture better than I did, you know, many years ago, because that's the living word. He's talking, like he'll recall a scripture passage and that's him answering, you know, something that I'm struggling with. Mm -hmm. And so I do think there is a very incarnate relationship that happens, but we have to put that effort in. Mm -hmm. It's more important that we pray and seek the Lord when we don't feel like it, mm-hmm. you know, because it's easy to pursue the Lord when we feel like it, when we get those consolation, when we get those warm, fuzzy feelings, you know, mm-hmm. it's easier. But how much consolation was there in carrying the cross? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's a, it's both uh, the Christian walk, the walk with Christ. To follow him means trial, tribulation, but also joy. And we have to be mindful of that too. And sometimes, you know, the deeper we grow, sometimes those consolations aren't as abundant. And yet we're still called to be faithful. We're still called to keep pursuing him. And in that we grow, we grow deeper in relationship with him. Absolutely. Well, thank you, John Paul, for kind of taking over and acting as a a host for us and asking us these questions. But if anybody has any more questions for us, I'm going to switch the email address that I gave in the last episode, so I'm sorry for any confusion. But if you have questions for Fred or I, um, please send them to drawnear.me at gmail.com. 
And we're also kind of working on, can I say this? Yes. We're also kind of working on a web page um, that's going to be easier to submit questions to us. But for now, uh, send them to drawnear.me at gmail.com. Thank you for listening.